0: Hello and welcome to the latest employment podcast from the Stevenson Harwood employment team. My name is Beth Hale and I'm a senior associate in the team. I have with me Parvis Ghani, an employment partner, and today we're going to be discussing data subject access requests. Many employers find dealing with subject access requests tricky and cumbersome. We're going to talk about some practical tips on how to make them slightly less daunting. So before we get into the detail, what is a data subject access request?
1: Well, an individual's right to check whether their data is being processed lawfully forms a major part of the data protection regime in the UK. Now, this is embodied in an individual's right under the Data Protection Act 1998 to make what is called a data subject access request, which entitles them to know whether a data controller is processing any of their personal data, and if so, to be told what it is. Its source why it is being processed, and to whom the data may be disclosed. Now, for the purpose of this podcast, Beth, we'll be focusing on subject access requests made by employees or former employees, but the right to make a request is actually far broader than that.
0: So, the Data Protection Act implements a European directive, and the EU General Data Protection Regulation, or the GDPR, which was introduced last year, is due to come into force in 2018, Will Brexit have an impact on the position here?
1: Well, as is the case with so much of the post-Brexit situation, the short answer is we just don't know. However, the indications are that this is an area which will not change much at all. Um, We'll not have left the EU by the time the GDPR comes into force... And in any event, uh, in order to do business with Europe and maintain the close ties we have with the EU, the UK will have to maintain a data protection regime which is at least as protective as the GDPR. So at least for now, I think businesses should assume that the terms of the GDPR will apply to them.
0: Personal data is a key concept in the legislation. What does personal data actually mean?
1: Well, personal data basically means any data by which a living individual can be identified. It includes data held in hard copy as part of a relevant filing system and data which is processed automatically, so for example by computer. A relevant filing system for these purposes means a hard copy filing system in which it would be straightforward to find the information. So for example, a named personnel file in a filing cabinet would be included, but a notebook in which someone had taken some manuscript notes would not. Now there are some limited exemptions contained in the Data Protection Act, so for example, employers are not obliged to disclose privilege information or any information the release of which would prejudice the conduct of their business.
0: And how can an employee actually make a subject access request?
1: A request must be made in writing but there is no legally prescribed request form. So employers can invite individuals to use an in-house style request form but they cannot make this compulsory.
0: And how should an employer deal with a subject access request?
1: Well, the first point to make is that employees are not obliged to comply with a request until they have received evidence confirming the identity of the employee, uh, information necessary to locate the information sought, and a £10 fee, although the ability to charge this fee will be removed once the GDPR comes into force in 2018, unless requests are manifestly unfounded or excessive. The second point is that employers can use these requirements to limit disclosure of information to some extent. So, for example, it is entirely reasonable to ask an individual for additional information such as dates and context in order to limit the request if it is so broadly framed as to make compliance unduly onerous. Now, While employers cannot refuse a request just because locating the information would be labour intensive or inconvenient, they are only required to carry out reasonable searches. The third point to make is, once you have all the necessary information, you must respond within 40 days. This period will be reduced to one month under the GDPR, but it will be possible to extend that period for up to a further two months if the request is particularly complex. The fourth point is that it's a good idea, as early as possible, to appoint someone to oversee the data collation process, which could be, for example, the data protection manager, personnel manager, or even the line manager of the employee making the request. The fifth point is that taking legal advice on the process can provide protection of privilege to some of the correspondence in relation to the request. Lawyers can also help with identifying which data is exempt from the request. The sixth point I want to make is you should consider carefully how to carry out the electronic searches and keep a record of what has been done. Now, don't be tempted to make changes to the records as a result of receiving the request, apart from routine amendments and deletions, even if the information you find is inaccurate or embarrassing. Now, Finally, uh, the response to the employee must be in writing and it's a good idea to give them some explanation of the process followed to limit the risk of challenge.
0: And can subject access requests be used as fishing expeditions or as a means of obtaining some kind of early disclosure in a litigation process?
1: Yes, unfortunately. Although the Information Commissioner and the courts have previously recognised that the purpose of subject access requests is not to assist in a litigation process, in the recent case of Dawson Damer and Taylor Wessing, the Court of Appeal has confirmed that the Data Protection Act does not limit the purpose for which a subject access request may be made, and provided there is no abuse of process, a collateral pro- purpose such as obtaining evidence for litigation will not constitute a reason not to comply with the request. So, in practice, the making of a subject access request is often the first step taken by a disgruntled employee or former employee, not least because it can place a significant administrative burden on employers at an early stage which can encourage settlement. Now going forward, it will be hard for employers to resist requests on this basis.
0: So the case that you mentioned, Dawson Damer and Taylor Wessing, there are a couple of other key points that came out of that decision. Could you just run through those for us?
1: Yeah, so just to recap, a subject access request can still be valid even if made for the collateral purposes of obtaining documents for litigation. The other two key points that came out of the case is that one exemption in the Data Protection Act which would relieve an employer from disclosing personal data under a subject access request is where the information is legally privileged. But it's clear from this case that the legal privilege must be legal privilege under UK law. So you can't rely on it being legally privileged in another country to exempt you from disclosing the information. The second point is that it's not necessary to disclose the personal data if it to do so involves a disproportionate effort in searching for or and supplying copies of the data. But I would exercise caution relying on this point. This is inconsistent with the Information Commissioner's guidance, and they may take a different view if a complaint is made to them. In addition, the threshold for this is quite high, so as an employer, you'd have to show that you have taken reasonable steps to comply with the data subject access requests. In fact, the Court of Appeal did say that where and so far as possible subject access Request must be enforced.
0: And what happens if complying with a subject access request would result in the disclosure of some third party information?
1: Now, if a third party can be identified in a particular document, an employer is not obliged to comply with the request unless the third party consents or it is reasonable to comply without consent. So, generally, we would recommend deletion or redaction of the third party information. Obtaining consent is often onerous and involves disclosure of a sensitive situation to people who do not really need to know about it at this stage. Proceeding without consent is risky.
0: And finally, what are the potential penalties if an employer doesn't comply with the subject access request?
1: Now, if an employer fails to comply or does not comply properly, an individual can apply to the information commissioner for a determination or an enforcement notice. They can also apply to the courts for an order for compliance or com- claim compensation. Now, compensation is rarely awarded, and an employer has a defence if it can show that it took such steps as were reasonable in the circumstances to comply. Now, in practice... A complaint to the Information Commissioner is the most likely step, as it does not cost the individual anything. It's worth bearing in mind that failure to comply with an enforcement notice issued by the Information Commissioner is a criminal offence. Now, having said that, the Information Commissioner will only issue a notice after considering whether any failure has caused the individual damage or distress, and he will not require organisations to take disproportionate steps to comply.
0: Thanks very much, Parvis, and thank you for listening. Remember that you can subscribe to our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud or by going to our website at shlegal.com.